Amen. And I want you to open up your Bibles with me to the book of Psalms. Amen. Chapter 103. And we're going to read a few verses here. When you have it, say amen. Praise God. You know, I'm exciting. This is an exciting um, season for me because, and I, I know like, you know, we, we, we should always be grateful and we should always be excited. And we, but how many know we're not, we're, you know, we're human and we go through trials, we go through ups and we go through downs. And I really thank God because I really believe that the different seasons that we go through and the holidays is, you know, for us, they're like memorials. And because, you know, even for, for God's people, he set memorials. He used stones, right? He set stones when the river was down so that, you know what, every time they cross that river, they will remember that, you know what, God, you know what, he, he shut the water so that we can cross. And God always does things so that we can always look up, so we can always remember him. And I thank God for this season because, like uh, Pastor Darrell was saying, it was 21 years ago, and it was probably, you know what, you know, I was praying earlier, man, I was broken. It was pouring, right? It was pouring earlier. And it reminded me 21 years ago, even before I stepped in, into the house of God, I was over by the LTA parked behind the, uh, the brick wall, one of these brick walls hiding it where I used to hide out, camp out. And I just remember being tired. I remember, you know what, that I was being tired, you know, of being sick and tired and sleeping in my car and just always trying to come up with finances so I can, you know, get high. And, you know, you know what we used to do. The rain didn't stop us. Right? See, that's why I don't know if the rain stopped some people tonight. But I wasn't the kind of drug addict that said, oh, it's raining tonight. I'm not going to get high because it's coming down too hard. I'm just going to stay in my car and, you know, I might catch a cold if I go out or something. And, but, you know, nothing stopped us. It didn't matter. But I thank God because it, it, even tonight it was pouring. It reminded me that I remember that day it was pouring. I was sitting in my car and I said, Lord, I remember praying. We've all said that prayer. But you know what? This time God answered it. And I said, God, because you know what? I, my, my wife was in the process of divorcing me. I was getting ready again. I had good jobs, man. I always got, I don't know. Matter of fact, my brother-in-law used to get mad at me because I always used to get a good job get blessed, right? And I believe God had his hand on me, but I had a good job. I was working at Numi. I had a good job. I used to work on the shipping docks in, uh, in Alameda. I used to work at Coca-Cola. I had all these good, jo good paying jobs, and I always lost them, right? You know why. <laughs> but I was getting ready to lose this job, too. I was barely, I was hanging on by half a point. Amen? Those of you that work for places that have the point system, I had a half a point, man. The next time I was late, the next time I, I called in, that's it, done. And I just remember, you know, being right there and just saying, you know what, Lord, if, you, if you're for real, you know what, I believe in you, change my life, come into my life. And it was a few days later, amen, that I, you know what, I was right here on Tennyson, uh, uh, where the Walgreens is at, right there by Pompano, and a couple guys from Victory Outreach, amen. A couple of brothers from Victory Outreach doing their job out witnessing, out praying for people. And they came up to me and told me that, you know what? Jesus can set you free. Yeah. Amen. And I remember being right, I was right in the middle of the parking lot. It was pouring. It was raining. It was a rainy season. 
And I was weeping. It was pouring. Probably, it was raining more probably because I was crying right in the park. Cars were trying to go around us. And these guys, they were praying, had their laying hands. I mean, right in the middle of the, of the, of the parking lot. And it was from that day, uh, a few days later, man, I went to church. And the rest is history. Amen. So God is good. Amen. Tonight. And I'm excited because during this time, it just reminds me. I can never forget. You know, I walked into Thanksgiving service in 1993, I believe it was, 1993. It was 21 years ago. Psalms 103, we're going to be go ahead and begin in verse 1. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and my innermost being. It says, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his, what? Benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's pray one more time. Father, I pray that, Lord, that you would just open our, our hearts, our minds, and that, Lord, you would continue, my God, to put a heart of, of love and compassion within us, and that we would be, continue to be grateful, my God. We would walk with a heart of gratitude, Lord, and because you're so good, and you're so awesome tonight, and we love you and we bless you. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Praise the Lord. Now, you know, we were taught in school, and we hear so many different ways about, you know, uh, about Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving and, and how it all became. And, and I've read up on it, and there's, you know, the story, some stories are a little different, but, but they're pretty much the same. I really believe that, you know, all in all, I believe that the thing about Thanksgiving is that Thanksgiving was, was created and, and, be, and because of some men that were grateful and they wanted to give thanks to God, even though they didn't have much, amen? Even though they, they went through a season. See, the word pilgrim actually means a man of God on a journey. Did you know that? A man of God that set out on a mission that is on a journey that felt called to go somewhere and to do something. See, these pilgrims, these men were actually from a church in Europe. And they decided that, you know what? That the promised land was over here, was in the Americas, was in the new America, the new Northland that their people have not yet been to. And so they said, you know what? We're going over there. God called us to go over there. Not only that, but, you know, to spread the word. And, and so they came over here, amen, with a plan to build, with a plan to, you know what, to do God's will and to come here to see what was going on here in North America. Now, one of the things we need to understand about them, because these men, they made a, they made a decision to, to thank God, to make a day to thank God. And you know what, the day that they did it, they didn't have much. Because it is said that in the first year that they were here, that they built more graves than they did houses. Many of them died because of the first winter when they got here of what they went through. Many of them got sick. Many of them had diseases. And many of them died. And they actually built, it says seven times, it said seven times more graves than they did houses. And not only that, but there was a ship that was to come after them that was to come, 
you know, months later, that was supposed to bring relief, that was supposed to bring some provision. Come on, somebody. Some food. Right, man's home? Huh? Supposed to bring some, some food. But the only thing that came on that ship was 35 more miles to feed. There was no food on it. There was nothing for them because, they, you know, they probably ate it on the way. That was a long trip on the boat back in them days. But still, all in all, these men still were thankful and grateful to God for, because there was a sea there that they, you know what, they were pulling clams out of, right? Clam soup, come on, somebody. And they were able to, you know what, to, to begin to live off the land. And they were grateful for the land because the Indians taught them how to harvest and taught them how to plant and do some things. And so together, they were able to actually survive. They were actually to continue to grow. They were actually to continue to, to build. And great things begin to happen. Amen. And so one of the customs that they had was they used to put on an empty plate five kernels. Amen. On a plate. And they would pick up a kernel. That's why we, you know, we go, you know, right? We go around the table and we say, you know, what are you thankful for? Because it's a custom that just comes from way back. And they used to pick up, because there was a time when all they got to eat was five kernels a day. Huh? That's all they got. Huh? Five kernels of corn. And so, because there were so many people. And so that was a custom, amen, and we still do that today. And so today we're going to look at the scripture, and I'm going to give you five kernels, amen, why we should be thankful, amen, and how we remain thankful. And I, I believe if we do these things, you know what, you will remain grateful in your heart. Let me tell you something, never lose your gratefulness for God. Never lose it, because when you do, oh, Lord. Somebody say, oh, Lord. Oh, come on now. Now, the first kernel that we're going to look at, and we see here in our scripture, is number one is the kernel of praise. Amen? Not the Kentucky kernel. Amen? But the kernel of praise. In Psalms 103, 1 and 2, the, Dave, David wrote this scripture. David wrote this, this psalm, and he said, you know what? He said, praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. And from my innermost being, he said, praise his holy name. He said, praise the Lord and forget not all his benefits. See, we get excited about many things. Some of you got excited because the Raiders are winning. I think they're probably losing by now. Just a few minutes. Or it's probably tied up. Huh? Things change quick. <laughs> Thank God for, you know. For smartphones, you know, I cheated. I looked at the score, and they were, I, Kansas City was ready to tie it up. But it says here that, you know what, see, we get excited for many things. We get excited when our kids, you know what, uh, hit a home run. We get excited when we land a great job. We get excited when we win the lotto. Who's playing the lotto? I heard an amen. All right, I'm going to pray for you. But if you win, you, you got to tie it. Come on, somebody. You shouldn't be playing the lotto anyway. Or when you buy a new house or when you buy a car or a phone or different things that we go through in life, you know what? We get excited, amen? 
But how many know that we need to be able to praise the Lord through the good, through the bad, through the ugly, through the hard, through the, you know, through no matter what, is we got to learn how to praise the Lord. Well, you know what? Don't ever lose your praise. Tell your neighbor, don't lose your praise. This guy that get, comes up here in the home and he's dancing, don't ever lose that. I remember many years ago, I know Pastor remembers, I know Daryl remembers, is, uh, is Pastor Christian. We were at the Long Beach Arena, and you know what, man, there was, I think, 15,000, 20,000 people, and the men's home was up there in a the choir, and there was, I don't know, I don't know how many people were up there, there was a couple thousand probably of men, but one guy stuck out. During the worship, man, he was dancing and he was praising. I, th I think he was standing on the side of the, I think he was standing on the pew, on his chair. I don't know what he was doing, but he stood out. And you know what? It was a brother from our home. It was Pastor Christian. Uh, and I really believe that, you know what, that he was just excited for what God had done in his life. The Bible says that he that who has been forgiven much, loveth much. And he was just excited that God, you know what, touched his life. And he learned how to praise God. I mean, he, he was praising God. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Some of you, see, because the praise, some of you are new. Those of you that are new, right now what touches your life is the worship. Huh? You not, might not understand everything. You don't understand the word. You don't understand, you know, uh, everything that's going on in the church. Even when I walked into the church, the first day I walked in to, uh, to Paradise Hall there, I walked in and I heard the music and I was like, praise I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't even know how to say praise God. And I was just like, I, the, the music hit me. And I remember that they were singing uh, that song, More Precious Than Silver, More Costly Than Gold, right? Oh, Lord, my God, all I desire. Where's AJ? Come here, AJ. All I desire. Look at him. He's right now. I'm just kidding, brother. Come. <laughs> you don't want me singing. And I remember walking into that song, song, hearing that song, and I just felt the power of the Lord because the people were worshiping God with all their heart, and there was just a, a powerful spirit in that place. And when I walked in there, I said, you know what, I'm home, man. I said, you know what, I, I can do this. I, you know what, I can, because I can, I, you know, we always had this different view of church and of God, and those people are weird, and you know what, they're holy rollers, and they're crazy, and you know what, they're brainwashed and all that stuff. And come on, was it just me? Don't look at me like that. I thought they were crazy. But when I walked in, man, I, I realized they're just, they just love God. Man. They're just regular people. And from that day, you know, that was one of the days, man, that God spoke to me about praise. Man, I, got, I had to learn how to praise the Lord. A little while after that, I, you know, the next year they had the, uh, the men's uh, conference, the men's uh, rehab conference right here in San Jose. And I remember I went by myself. And I, w I probably was saved about a month or two, a couple of months, three months, something like that. And I remember driving down there because I was working. And back then I was, still, I was living with my mom. Come on, somebody. Me and my wife were separated still. My mom and dad, they let me, you know, they let me c come in the house. My dad would never let me in the house. <laughs> and he said, yeah, you can. he goes, you can sleep on the floor. He wouldn't even let me sleep on the couch. He said, no, you can sleep on the floor. And I'm all right. But I was sleeping on the floor, and I remember my mom let me use her car for the, maybe like the first or second time. I said, I'm going to this conference, man. They got this rehab conference in San Jose, and I want to go. And, you know, I just remember going, and that was the first big event I went to. And the worship was powerful. Eddie Cepeda and, and, and Reverend Gary were leading, amen. 
And, uh, and it was powerful, the praise. And, and I was just like blown away. And, I, and you know what? But, but, but I learned how to praise the Lord that day. I learned how to, you know what? To, to, you know what? When you see, I notice some people when we come to church is that you're just watching. You want to lift your hands, right? But the devil's saying, no, don't lift your hands. Huh? Don't lift your hands. They're going to look at you, you know. You know, you got to be a holy roller to do that. He, he starts, I know how the devil works. He starts saying all kinds of different things. You know what? To think that, you know what? That you look funny and all this different stuff. But how many know God ain't looking at that? God's looking at our heart, man. He's looking for us to worship him with truth and to worship him with a sincere heart. And to, you know what, not worry about what people are saying. He's looking for people that are crazy enough that you don't care what people think. They're going to say, you know what, I'll praise you right here. I'll praise you on the corner. I'll praise you at work. I'll praise you at the BART station. I'll praise you at the mall. It doesn't matter, but I'll praise you, God. And some of you, you know, you got to let God, you got to let loose. You want to get a breakthrough? Start lifting your hands. Start praising God. Start dancing. Start coming, you know, to the altar. Start getting here on time for worship. Oh, uh oh, uh oh, who said that? Amen. Because we got to learn how to praise the Lord. You see, even Moses and Miriam wrote a song when God delivered them. When God delivered the army that was attacking them, you know what? They wrote a song and they started praising God. And you know what? They were playing tambourines and worshiping the Lord because He had done so much for them and He blessed their lives. They sang a song to the Lord and said, I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea and the Lord is the strength in my song and he has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea and the best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank in the depths like a stone, the Bible says in Exodus 15.1 through I think it's uh, 6 or 5 or 6. Amen. They begin to sing. The enemy was after, let me tell you some of you that are here today, the enemy was after you. The enemy was out to destroy you. The enemy was out to take you out, you and your family and your loved ones and your marriage and you know what, everything that, that God wanted to do in your life. But you know what? God delivered you. Huh? God heard your cry. Just like he heard the cry of God's people way back, way back when, you know what, when God's people were there, when they were slaves and when they were in bondage just like me and you we were in bondage we were slaves the enemy was some of you he had you this close before to take you out he had one foot out the door and the other on a banana peel you know the old saying but how many know that God came and God rescued you rescued you and that's why you know what you should sing praises unto the Lord like never before don't forget what he's done for you this is a time I know in my life where I get you know what I'm always I get excited anyway I, I get excited easy amen when it comes to the things of God amen see what the word praise appears in the Bible 363 times in the new NIV and so you need to get your praise on tell your brother get your praise on Come on, say it with some, some, some soul, you know. Get your praise on. Huh? You need to get excited. 
If you got two left feet, it's all right. Two right feet, or it doesn't matter. But you got to learn how to come. See, we need to understand that half the battle is won in praise and worship. When we learn how to praise the Lord, half the battle's already won. Amen. See, I had a scripture on here, but it disappeared. Amen. I guess I didn't save it. <laughs> but back in the Old Testament, they used to send the worship team out in front of the warriors. Huh? And they used to sing songs of praise unto the Lord. And they used to do that because, you know what? God is a God that inhabits the praises of his people. And so when we praise the Lord, man, half the battle's already won. God's like, what? Huh? It gets God's attention. Huh? And when they used to go out into battle, you know, they would send the worship team. They would start singing to the Lord. Oh, come on, somebody. They would start singing, and the God, our God is great. Our God is mighty, and he's going to deliver us from the hands of the enemy. And you know, you know what? A, a couple times the enemy would, would try to come, and they started beating each other up. They started fighting each other. They took their own selves out. And let me tell you something. When you learn to praise God, half the battle's already won. You got to learn to praise. Amen. The second kernel, amen, is the kernel of forgiveness. Amen. The kernel of forgiveness. The Bible says there that, you know, to praise the Lord, oh my soul. But it also says, who forgives all your sins. Amen. In other words, you need to be grateful for the forgiveness of God. God is a forgiving God. And he's forgiven you and I so much. Amen. God has forgiven us so much. And that's why we should be a people. See, you know, victory, right? Victory outreach people, we always say, I want to thank the Lord for my salvation. Huh? And because... We're a people that, you know what, that, that God has done so much in our life. And we're grateful. And we're not ashamed. Even people, I, I heard before, people make, you know, comments about that because we always say we want to thank God for our salvation. What's wrong with that? <laughs> What's wrong with thanking God who saved us, who saved a people like you and me, a people that were lost, a people that were messed up, a people that were on our way to hell, a people that, you know what, that that we couldn't get it right, man. We kept blowing it. We kept making mistakes. But for some reason, God looked down on us. He had compassion on us. He loved us and he forgave us, amen. And so, man, you know what? We should be forever grateful for the forgiveness of God. David said, you know what, man? I need to praise, you need to praise the Lord, you know, from your innermost being because of the forgiveness of God. The forgiveness of God is awesome. The forgiveness of God is for eternity, amen? And you know, see, the thing about God is that God, I'm sorry I'm shouting, I'm just excited, amen? <laughs> but, you know, the Bible says that God throws our sins into the abyss, into the deepest part of the sea, amen? See, I heard a story about this young man that, and it, I think it was a true story, but he was at his pastor's house, and, and they were over there just fellowshipping and chopping it up. And, and he was a new convert, and he was looking at his pastor's library, and he pulled a book out, and he started looking at it. And he was reading through a book, kind of just, you know, just checking it out. 
and the, and the pastor, pastor was sitting down, you know, just working on something. And all of a sudden he said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. And his pastor was like, what's going on? What, what's going on with you? He goes, well, I was just reading in this book that say, it says that, that the Lord is that he throws our, he puts our sins in the sea of forgetfulness. And he puts them into the deepest part of the sea. And he said, and it is known that there's some parts of the ocean that are five miles deep. And it said that, you know what, that if a, the biggest battleship that we have on earth was to ever get sunk in the deepest part of the sea, that by the time it got to the bottom, it would, cr it would, it would shrivel up like an eggshell. It would crack like an eggshell because of the pressure huh? that is beneath the sea. And so he said, you know what? That means if my sins went down there, he said, they're never coming back. He said, you know, God ain't going to pull nothing up on me. You see, we need to understand that the forgiveness of God, man, it is an awesome thing, man, that God forgives us. That he, you know what, that he wipes our slate clean. And that he don't pull up things back up. You know what, he don't remind us. That's the devil that does that. Amen. God don't do that. God has, God has given you a clean slate. He's washed you white as snow. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things are gone. And you know what? Everything is new according to God's word. There's no mistaking that God offers us forgiveness. And all any per person must do is repent and forsake his sin and turn to God. And God will forgive him and revoke the penalty of sin. Huh? We, you know what that, is any of you got tickets right now? Anybody got a ticket? Come on, some of you got speeding tickets. Look at all those hands. Come on. Because I got a couple too. I got, still working on them. Right? Be transparent. Right? I was going faster than my angel could fly. But wouldn't it be great to go to court and they say, ah, we're going to revoke the charges. Huh? We're going to, you know what, we're going to squash it. You're good to go. You can go. But you know, that's what God does with us. When we come to him and we're messed up and we, you know, repent and we come before God and we, you know, we, we, we ask him to cleanse us, to forgive us. And we, you know, we repent about it and we give it to him. We turn from it. How many know he gets all those things, man, and he throws them to never come up again? See, from the depths of our heart, a sense of gratitude should well up. And gratitude should ascend like incense to the throne of God. Amen, because of our gratitude. Is there a sweet aroma reaching the heavenlies because of your gratitude? Or is he just getting the attitude without the GR? Huh? How many know we got to have the GR on it? The GR is, is, is God's redemption. Huh? Which brings us to our third point, our third kernel. is the kernel of redemption. See, verse 4 says, is that to bless the Lord, O my soul. In verse 4a, it says, who redeems your life from the pit. Amen. He redeems our life from the pit. And I don't know about you, but I know God has brought me a mighty long way. And I'm sure he has you too. See, I read an article that the London Times publishes, not only the London Times, but the New York Times, all major cities, is that they publish 
the price of expensive art that gets bought around the world. So they could know, you know what, if somebody tries to come over here and sell it, they know what it was last paid for. They know the price that they paid for it. Amen. And in the times, they give the full details of the sale so you can judge the value. How many know that you and I, is that we can judge our value by the price that Jesus paid for you and I? Amen. For the redemption that he paid. He paid a heavy price. He paid a price that was so heavy that you know what, man, it, 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 that he could save all humanity if they would turn to him. He redeemed everybody. He paid the price for each and every one of us. It is God's desire that not one would be lost. But how many of you know that people are still searching for other answers? Amen. When you know what, God, the, the kernel of redemption is here. It came and it's still available for those that, you know what they say, you know what, I'll, I'll give everything to God. I'll give my life to God. I'll begin to follow God. And because God, the Bible says that, who, it says that he who redeems us, amen, he, he, re, he redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, amen, which that's going to be my next point, but I just wanted to read the whole scripture, amen. Praise the Lord. Redemption. I read an article about, it was, it's a true story actually, back in the 19, 1920s, amen, in the state of Texas. There was a, a, the governor of Texas, he got all the inmates from all the prisons, all the heavy duty guys, and he brought them all together and he spoke to them. And then after, you know, after he was done, he said, you know what? He said, I'm going to be here and I'm going to stay here. I'll talk to anybody that wants to talk to me. And he said, you know, just come and see me. And so after the meeting, many guys came up to him. And they came up to the governor and said, you know what, governor, it wasn't my fault. I was framed. I was, you know, uh, somebody, you know, used my name. It wasn't me. And, and all these guys came to him and told him that they gave him excuse after excuse, telling him why uh, that, that, they, that, you know, the, the judge asking the, uh, the governor why that he should pardon them. And they were all giving them excuses. And then last but not least, this one man came up to him and he said, you know what, governor? He said, I'm guilty. He said, what I did, he goes, I believe that you know what, that I paid the, the price for it, that I did what you know, the courts asked me to do. He's all, I made a mistake, I'm sorry. And you know what? But I, I was 100% guilty. And right then and there, the governor told him, you know what? You're pardoned. He let him go. It's a true story. And because while everybody else, see, see sometimes with God, we, you know, we come to God and we're making all these excuses why it's not our fault, why we're messed up, but you know what? It's not our fault. We didn't do nothing wrong. And we didn't make any mistakes. You know what? It's that person. It's my uncle. It's my father. It's my kids. It's my boss. It's the policeman. You know, his, uh, his gun's off. You know, he needs to recalibrate it. You know, it's not working right. And we have all these different excuses. But how many know that if we just come clean, if we just come clean to God, God will redeem us. Huh? God will forgive us. And he'll cleanse us, amen, of everything that we had. See, because he, he paid the price for us. 
See, the Lord loves us. And he died for us. And he came to redeem us. And David said, you know what? Is that we need to be grateful for the kernel of redemption. Jesus is our redemption. Amen. Jesus died for us. And we, you know, we've got, are you still grateful that God died for you? See, sometimes that could get old. Just that little, hey, God died, yeah, he died on the cross. I know all that. Huh? And sometimes, you know what? We get tired. You know, we already know it. Huh? Yeah, God died for me. No, he, he, he redeemed us. You're his son. You're royalty today. Huh? You have a life of eternity with him. No, nothing can harm you. You know, not even death can harm you. Amen. But God loves you so much. He redeemed you, man, because he first, he loves you. No one loves you like the Lord. The fourth kernel is the kernel of love and compassion. It says there in verse 4b, right, which was the second part. And not only does he redeem us, but he crowns us with love and compassion. Amen. That's why you're here today. That's why we do the things we do. That's why we travel around the world. Because you know what? God took that hard heart that we had. He took that madness that we had that was inside of us. And you know what? He began to give us a heart of love. He began to put compassion in our heart. He began to put something that, you know, we never felt before. Or that we never, you know, well, you know especially men, right? Men want to act tough. Machismo. Come on. Huh? And we don't want to cry. But you know what, man? Some of you, the first time, you didn't cry until you walked into church. Because of God's love and compassion he gave, put upon your life. You begin to cry. You begin to break. Let it go, man. Man, it feels good to just cry before the Lord. It feels good to just weep before God. And to just thank him before everything that he's done. See, he crowns us with the love and compassion that he has, that he's given for us. That's why we're around, we're, we're, we're around the world. God took a crazy people. And Victory Outreach, we got crazy people. I don't know if you've noticed that before. If you go to a conference, oh my God. You go to a conference and guys got, we've got them here in our church. And that's the women. They got tattoos on their head and their, you know, their necks. Everything. And you know what? We're, we're crazy. And you know, but, you know, we come together, and, you know, the north and the south, guys that used to kill each other in prison, guys that used to, you know what, and all this stuff. Well, we're over there. We're at these big old conferences dancing and jumping for the Lord, hugging each other and, you know, giving, you know, our finances, man. That's the compassion of God within our life. See, before you didn't care about the, about the brother down the street or that person hurting in the street, but God put in a, a, a heart of love within you. And now it bothers you. Don't sit too close. I'll spit on you right now. I'll, I'll, <laughs> spit's flying forward. I better scoot back. <laughs> but God puts a heart of compassion. Amen? That's why, you know, the team that went to the, team that went to the Philippines, they're never going to be the same. Huh? When you go over there and see that, you know what, how blessed we really are, you go over there and see all the things that we have that they don't have, but you know what I'll tell you one thing they do have is they have a good attitude. 
I, even, even in South Africa, it's the same way. I remember when I went to South Africa years ago. And, you know, in some areas, they don't, you know, they have shanty towns over there for miles. Hills and hills of, of shacks. Shacks, as far as you could, the eye can see. But they got direct TV. <laughs> they do. They got direct TV. They got ESPN. But you know what? Is they're, they're, they're like grateful. They're just happy to be alive. They're, there's something about them. It's like, see, we've lived, always lived in a life of abundance. And when we don't have things, a little few things, we go, we go through trials. Amen. And then people, man, they go through a lot. But you know what? God will crown us with love and compassion. Jesus looked out and he said that, you know what? The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And he said, send forth workers, right? Into the field. And he said that the people were like a people, were like uh, without a shepherd, right? He said that they were a people that, you know what? They, they needed love. They needed somebody to take care of them. And there's people in the streets and people in this world that need, they need a little love. They need a little compassion uh, thrown their way. And that's why he called you and I to crown us with love and compassion, to crown us, to give us, to forgive us, to redeem us so that we can be a people that would be an extension to the people that he puts in front of us. The last one, and we can, the worship team could go ahead and come up. Amen. Is the kernel of satisfaction, it says there in verse 5. It says, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And so it's the kernel of satisfaction and renewal. In other words, is that, you know what, God gives us purpose. And he satisfies our soul. See, we used to go searching for all kinds of things to satisfy our soul. To satisfy that hole in our heart, that hole in our soul. That the only person that can fill it is the power of God, the love of God, the Holy Spirit operating and working within our life. And David said here, he said, you know what? He said, praise the Lord, O my soul, who, and, you know, to praise the Lord who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. This is the reason that Caleb, when he was over 80 years old, that he can say, you know what, once they got to the promised land, you know what, he could say, give me that mountain. He was still old. He was still willing to go forward. He was still willing to fight. He was still willing to claim his inheritance and claim his territory. Why? It's because God renewed his strength. God brought satisfaction to his life. And that's what God does. He's brought purpose to our life. He's brought satisfaction to our life. And he satisfies the soul and he renews us so that, you know what, so that we can fly like the eagles, amen, in high places. The view of a few, amen. See, we need to thank God For God, for renewing us, for setting us free, from saving us, from pulling us out, from crowning us with love, 
and compassion and bringing satisfaction and purpose within our life because it renews us. It gets us excited. You know, that's what happened to the guys that went over there. Toby said, you know what, man? I went over there a few times, but I don't know. But this time that I went, he said, you know what? God renewed them. Huh? God satisfied his soul. He renewed them and re-sparked them. And there was a renewal and a freshness that was given to all of them. Our pastor, amen? And I thank God for this time because this is a time where God, I always remember, I mean, and I, and I always remember, when I see a brother in the street, I see myself. Huh? I see myself, that used to be me. And you got to have a heart of compassion for people. Don't, don't ever get ungrateful. Don't ever have an attitude that, you know what, that says, you know what, I don't need God anymore. Because it's God that pulled us out of the pit. And we need to thank God for his benefits. Stand with me tonight. Praise the Lord. Are you grateful tonight? I know tonight that there's people that are going through things. I don't know what you're going through, but God knows. All hell could be broke, breaking loose, but I believe heaven wants to break loose tonight in your life. Maybe you're not where you're supposed to be. There's people here tonight that, you know what? You used to do big things for God. But I believe that, you know what, that you lost a little of your gratitude. People lose their gratitude. And I believe tonight that God wants to pour out his spirit as you come before him and worship him tonight. And you begin to thank God and you, you learn to praise the Lord. And God has given us reasons, right? We just read them. God has given, if you can't think of any, read Psalms 103, 1 through 5. And it goes on. It actually, I cut it short because there was a bunch of, God is, David writes all the things that God has done for him. God defeated the enemies in your life. God redeemed you. He forgave you. And he clothed you with a crown of love and compassion. And tonight, I want to open up the altar. If you say, you know what, I, I just want to come and praise the Lord tonight. I want to thank God for everything he's done for me. And I want to remain grateful. Maybe you've lost a little bit of your gratefulness. Maybe you've lost a lot of your gratefulness. Well, tonight you need to get it back. Tonight you need to bless the Lord. Oh, yeah, my soul.